0: How on earth have we not talked about Loki yet? How have we not done a review for this show yet? We are so behind. Well, (laughs) honestly, we haven't even done a review for Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. But I don't think that's ever
1: going to happen because someone's not done with it yet. That might be a solo episode. I get the gist. I know what happens at the end. I really, I don't need to, the last two episodes are the only things that I need to see. And I, I know how it ends. So I think I'm good.
0: Okay. It just brings my energy down with your bullshit sometimes. (laughs) Sorry. I watched all of Loki and all of uh, WandaVision, and I loved those. I'm not going to give you credit for watching these shows. (laughs) Like, they're incredible. You should be watching them. Everyone should be. And this is our review on Loki. And so before we go into it... We are going to talk about... Okay, so basically, we've done a lot of episodes with a lot of people lately. We've been very, very busy, yes, with guests. Primarily Joe. (laughs) So basically, uh, we haven't really had a lot of time to talk about the stuff that we've been watching. So... Um, right after this, we're going to record an episode all on its own about all the shit that we've watched recently and just talk about it. So look forward to that because that's coming as well. But and we're just going to give you a little taste of that. We're going to talk about one of the movies we've watched before we get into Loki. Right. Is that what you wanted to do? That's what I want to do. Yeah. OK, just one. I'm just satiating this toddler, just giving him his binky
1: and letting oh him. God. He wants to do it and he was crying and I was like, fine, whatever. I want at least every quick take to go over or to at least set a goal to watch a new movie that we've never seen before and talk about it briefly. Uh, since it's been so long since we've recorded a quick take with just you and I, we've not been able to do that for a while. So I have 14 entries in my letterbox of like movies that I would like to talk about. Nice. But I figured that requires a whole episode in itself. Otherwise, this one's going to be yeah. forever long. So so talk about your movie that you watched, and then we'll get into Loki. So I'm going to talk about the one that is not, how do I word this? It's not the latest entry. It's the the one that's the oldest entry. The oldest entry, yes, Uh, since the last time we talked about new movies that I've seen. And I watched the movie Other People by Chris Kelly. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's got Molly Shannon in it and Jesse Plemons. Oh, my God, I've never even heard of that. I feel like if you saw the poster, you'd at least recognize it. Is this something you heard from the girls? No, no. Maybe they've talked about it. I'm not sure. Um, Let me actually, I think. That's just typically what happens is you'll bring up a movie and I'm like, I've never heard of it. And you're like, well,
0: (laughs) did you not listen to this episode? And I'm like,
1: it doesn't all register sometimes. Okay. I'm just, I'm just a bigger fan. That's all. (laughs) Uh, It does look like Courtney and Kayleen have logged this movie. Wait, hold on. Hold on. And if you guys don't know who we are talking
0: about, we're talking about We Explain Movies. Oh, my God. And We Explain Movies is a podcast that is made up of three of our aunts. And what they do (laughs) – I'm just kidding. God. (laughs) He's always like, you don't need to explain it every
1: episode. We talk about them, but – I love them, but like, God, we – I'm not saying that we talk about them too much, but we talk about them enough that our general audience should know who they are. I'm just teasing. I know. I know. love you girls. But anyway, not
0: as much as I do. Apparently, <laughs>
1: not true. Uh, so my mother recommended this movie to me and this is Chris Kelly, the director. I think this is his sort of autobiography and The number of ways that I was able to relate to this main character, I will mention that my mother is alive and well, knock on wood, uh, that is one way that I can't relate to this character, but it's just him growing up as a gay man and having to live at home and struggling with the family dynamic, and it's just mind blowing how closely I related to him. And I don't think I'll ever watch it again, because it was heartbreaking. And it was almost scary how how close it was to my life. And I would definitely recommend it and watch it with your mom. Maybe I think it would be I think you would really like it. And I think your mom would really like it as well. Molly Shannon does an amazing job as does uh, Jesse Plemons. I think he's fantastic. Oh, cool. Um, It was a fun time. I had to Google who Chris Kelly was because I
0: wasn't sure, and I still don't recognize him. Is he like, is he on SNL?
1: No, but I think he writes. I think he writes. Oh yeah, okay. So he he definitely is affiliated with SNL in some way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and that's that's brought up in the movie too. So it is it is very autobiographical. Okay, cool. Do you recognize the poster at least with with Jesse Plemons and Molly Shannon? Oh, okay. Let me look the poster up. You know Jesse Plemons, right? um absolutely i know jesse plemons i love Jesse yeah the whole movie all he wears is like striped shirts and plaid button-ups that's it if jesse plemons dyed his hair brown and got a perm it would be me dude it's i yeah i need you to watch this movie and just be like oh my god that's that's jordan that's that is him it'll blow your mind it'll blow your mind and everyone go hug your mom just go do that I love you, Mom, if you're listening. She's not, but... (laughs) I was like, she does not listen to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that was my movie. It was a great time. Loved it. Uh, And you should see it. It
0: looks cute. I really do not recognize this poster, though. And I've never heard of this. But I definitely am going to check it out now that you've recommended it. Thank you very much. You should. And bring tissues. It'll make you cry. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, My movie, the one that I watched, I guess, most farthest ago or whatever the movie i picked to talk about on this episode is called wind river can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it it came out in 2017 and it's a taylor sheridan movie he like wrote sicario and uh made hell or high water he has like a particular style that's like hard to describe his movies feel very american and not in like a douchey way (laughs) because like very (laughs) American sometimes can have like a negative connotation this movie is actually set in and around a Native American reservation and it's about a murder it's like all in the snow and Elizabeth Olsen is like the star of it and Jeremy Renner's in the movie as well and Gil Birmingham I don't know if you know who that is but if you saw him
1: he's a Native American actor and he's in so much stuff I was going to – is he like the one Native American actor that they always use for the Native American characters? Yes. He's he's Jacob's dad in Twilight. Oh um, Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And he's a gorgeous man and he's really good in this movie. It's a really awesome mystery. I love the way that it's shot and uses nature. It has such a cool ending and everybody kills it. Obviously, when two Avengers are in something together, I'm going to want to watch <laughs> it. And – uh Cool ending is in like a twist? Like would I like this movie? You would definitely like this movie. There's not okay. necessarily like a twist. It's more of a reveal. Okay. When you find out exactly what happened, it's like a very edge of your seat sort of ending. Nice. Um, or maybe like right before the ending. But it's still so satisfying. And it's really well written. Is it streaming anywhere? I know I didn't pay for this movie right it must have just gone off of hulu shout out to hulu for being like my new favorite streaming service it right? always has i used to hate it and it always <laughs> has something like new and interesting to watch and it has some of my favorite shows of all time there for me to stream uh and it doesn't it's not nearly as glitchy as hbo max is it doesn't feel <laughs> as uh like like Netflix to me feels like it's so filled to the brim with shit that I don't like that I almost – like it's not even worth searching through unless I know exactly the program I'm going for. Like I wouldn't get rid of Netflix because I love shows like Black Mirror and um, – Stranger Things. Stranger and, Thing or Strings and yeah. <laughs> Um I mean there's a ton of shows that I love on there, but I only seek them out specifically. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a really good one to browse, in my opinion, because the algorithm that it has catered to me, it gives me a bunch of, like, romantic comedies and, like, soap opera kind of, like, <laughs> what is it? Um, Like, Hallmark movies and shit like that. Stuff my mm-hmm. mom likes. And I'm like, no, thank
1: you, Netflix. <laughs> no, thank
0: you. But
1: I am surprised at how often I'm pulling up Hulu now. Like, I watch totally. Golden Girls. I watch uh, – Rick and Morty, I watch Bob's Burgers. Like, I that Hulu has become my go to app. Hulu gave us solar opposites. It did. It did indeed. Thank you. Thank you. I still rewatch that one. So good. So good. Yes. God bless. God bless. Yeah. So watch Wind River if you haven't
0: already. Wind River. (laughs) I'm okay. Yeah. So watch Wind River. Uh, it's hard to say. Wind River, <laughs> if you can. Uh, it It's not available for free anywhere at the moment, but it probably will be sometime soon.
1: I was about to add it to my watch list and I realized that it already is on there, so totally and it's worth like renting for 3 bucks to
0: it it actually is a really good movie i really enjoyed it it awesome. feels like a year ago that i watched it now because we really haven't talked about <laughs> our movies in so long cuz like it's it's been a while yeah. we had like a string of guests group episodes or yeah guests and then i guess all i can say is joe threw everything off <laughs> it's joe's fault <laughs> Okay, you want to talk about Loki?
1: Uh, Yeah, I can chime in every now
0: and then. Shut up. (laughs) So basically what I did on WandaVision, or at least what I remember doing on WandaVision, is just going episode by episode and like hearing your thoughts. I can do that. Uh, The first one is called Glorious... There's six, so we're going to go through all six. The first one's called Glorious Purpose. It starts where Loki pieced out in Avengers Endgame with the Tesseract, which is also the space stone. And he goes out to like a desert. I don't know somewhere. And (laughs) the TVA, the time variance authority grabs him and picks him up. And like the first episode is a lot of exposition. There's a lot of him watching things that we've seen, but he doesn't know. So he's being caught up to where we are. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. this is a Loki that has no idea what happens in Thor Ragnarok, what happens in infinity war. Like, But now he does. So that's good. That's a a Loki that we can get on board with. That's a Loki that has not changed into an anti-hero. He's still a bad guy at that point. But, you know, he sees his own demise in that episode. And that is so
1: powerful. Yeah, this reminded me just how evil Loki was. I feel like there's been so much time in between the last time I saw Loki and now where and he he's just become like everyone's favorite character it, he just he always came across to me as someone who was just like oh he's a trickster oh that loki uh that stubborn loki and i i truly forgot how how villainous he actually was yeah i mean he was the the main bad guy in adventures yeah right right so that was it was Nice and interesting to to look back on that in this episode. It's really cool
0: that we were able to get that specific Loki because that's the Loki in that specific period of time. I think that's probably where he was the most interesting of a character, to be honest with you, because in the Thor movies, like in Thor The Dark World and then in Ragnarok, he became somebody that was an antihero because it served him. You know, it was like he, it served him... To save his own ass Mm -hmm. in those movies. Uh, But he was around long enough to not be the bad guy and not really be the good guy. So he's in this weird gray area. I don't think I appreciated the Loki that was in Ragnarok and Dark World as much as I do the Loki that we've got that's been brought into this Mm -hmm. series. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But they basically turned him into an antihero. And it makes sense because, again, you're right. He's super popular and, like, super villains don't last very long in Marvel. So the way that they were able to keep him around is to have him be kind of a good guy, kind of working in his own best interest, blah, blah, blah. Well, seeing this Loki again was really cool.
1: Seeing this, like, <laughs> the guy that's, like, bow down to me, you know, I will kill you kind of Loki. But also that personality finally being, like leashed yeah in a way exactly where in an environment that's like he's sort of powerless against
0: yeah i i don't know i think it was interesting like what an interesting exercise for tom hiddleston to have to go back to that place in his character development and be like okay now i'm going to like he basically backtracked and then went off in another direction and i mean this first episode again like not a ton happens that drives the story forward but you get to know what's going on at the TVA well at least at face value what the TVA is supposed to be doing and all that and you meet these new characters and I think it's like a a really really solid first episode Mm -hmm. I think at that point I was already like uh, this is my favorite first episode out of all of the Marvel shows
1: I also really love I want to give props to Owen Wilson Oh my god. I think yeah, I think I was never really a fan. I I can't say I wasn't a fan of him. I just wasn't a fan of the movies that he was in and the characters that he's played. But I think this was such a deviation from what he usually does. And it was really refreshing. And I I thought he did an amazing job. And just the and I will I'm sure we'll get into this in the later episodes, but the scenes where he's just sitting down with Loki and they're just talking and having a conversation. It's beautiful. Is it's it's so it's magnetic and it's like it's so fun to just to just see their their dynamic.
0: I think what I like most about these uh, Marvel TV shows, you know, you have more time. You get these quieter moments with each of these characters and you get to learn a little bit more about them. And one of my favorite things about this entire show is the relationships between Mobius and Loki and then Mobius and Ravonna Renslayer, who is played by Gugu mbatha raw who's like in San Junipero. That's where I rem- I first saw her. <laughs> and she's incredible in this. I really like their relationship. And you can even tell in the first episode that he feels somewhat comfortable around her, even though she's higher up than he is. Yeah, You can tell that there's a backstory that I would love to see. Okay, let's go to the second one. This is the one where they're looking for the variant, the one that turns out to be Sylvie. They go to that big department store. They realize that, the variant is hiding out in apocalypses because it's not going to create any sort of disturbance in the timeline
1: and it's not going to set off the mm-hmm. TVA so they won't be able to find her.
0: And that's that's genius.
1: Yeah, that in itself, that whole concept is – I love that a lot. That was really, really well done. It's, it's hard though because like Marvel knows the hardcore
0: fans are going to pay attention enough to follow what they're all talking about. I try to show my mom all the TV shows, right? All the Marvel TV shows. She likes them. We like, we'll we'll watch them together when we can. Well, she has no idea what what the hell's going on. This does not make <laughs> any sense to her. And it just gets more and more complicated. So I'm like, uh, ah, you're making it hard on me, Marvel. If you really kind of pay attention, you can understand at least what they're trying to say. But it's sometimes hard to follow and make sense of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I felt, I kind of feel that way at the end of this series, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is the second episode. I think at the end of that, that's
0: where we first see Sylvie. I remember being like, Jordan, watch this episode like immediately, because if you see this character, it's going to be spoiled. Like, if you see a picture of the, who this person is, you're going to be like, well, who the hell is that? Mm. I had no idea how much I would enjoy her. Let's go to Lamentus, which is the third episode, which is where they basically teleport off to a planet that is about to go into an apocalypse. It's about to, you know, self-destruct, basically. (laughs) That whole episode really works on building Sylvie and Loki's relationship. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm not sure I liked her at this point in the show. I didn't really know a lot about her, but it was an interesting way to keep the main Loki in check, I guess.
0: Yeah, like you weren't 100% sure what their dynamic was going to be. I could be wrong, but I think lamentus the third episode is when you find out that Loki sort of like makes canon that he is bi. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And on the train, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so it's like they're talking about those kinds of relationships and things like that. So I don't know if we're supposed to think that I mean, I know, like, they kiss at the end of the show, but I feel like Loki definitely feels one way about her, like a bond to her, uh, which is funny because, like, he's so narcissistic that he would fall in love with himself. And I think that they even point that out. But um, it doesn't really seem like she feels the same way at this point. But the high point of this episode for me is the long shot of them running to try to avoid this huge crowd that's running to this ship. It's like a long tracking shot. It's really well done. And it doesn't end until you see the getaway ship get destroyed, and then it's just they're
1: just it just leaves you looking at them, and they're like, "Well, fuck," you know. <laughs> this is another show where uh, WandaVision did this same exact thing. Where every single episode at the end, I never expected the end to come. Like I, I was like waiting for more, and then suddenly it cut off, and it was like, "No," it was like, "Wait, wait, wait," I, I want more. Yeah. You're used to seeing, like, a full conclusion in in one sitting because these are movies. Right. It's so weird because any other show, I, I can kind of gauge, like, oh, it's been about a half hour. We're about to get to the end here. But, like, both of these shows, I'm like this. They always, always catch me by surprise, which is really crazy. But uh, they, do a, they do a good job about that.
0: It was always my goal to never look and see how long a particular episode was <laughs> and – to try to never pause it and see how far I was into the episode because I did want to sort of get that surprise. It didn't piss me off as much as WandaVisions did (laughs) because WandaVisions episodes were so short and these feel Mm -hmm. obviously they're a bit longer because there's only six of them, but it's definitely hard watching these uh, week to week. (laughs) It's an exercise in patience for sure. The fourth one is called The Nexus Event. And that is when they arrest them. They pull them off the planet just in time. They arrest them. Loki gets stuck in that loop when Lady Sif comes back and keeps just going through his memory. That was really cool because we hadn't seen Lady Sif in a while. She's not in Thor Ragnarok and she's not in Infinity War.
1: So we didn't really know where she's at. That scene that was looping where she just kept hitting him, I assume that that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Was that in... A movie? Did I just forget that? I don't think so. The only see, you know
0: what? Those are the movies like Thor one and two are ones that I don't typically rewatch. I don't think so though. Okay, only curious. I I wasn't sure. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. You don't necessarily think it's as important the first time or the second time, but once you start listening to what she's saying, like you'll always be alone and all of that. Very, very purposeful, obviously, uh, to to further the story and make Loki realize that um, he doesn't necessarily have to be alone, even if it's another version of himself that he is going to be with. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK, so four is also the one where Mobius is pruned because he starts to realize that something else is going on. The TVA is not what it seems. Yeah. And so this is also the episode where we realize that the
1: timekeepers are bullshit. That was a really is this where they fight them in the end? They yeah. fight the robots. <laughs> they were really well crafted and really creepy. I liked that scene a lot. That was like it was Absolutely. creepy, but in a really fun way. Yeah. It definitely
0: was. It felt very like Wizard of Ozzy. Like yeah. you, got, you finally got there, and it's like there's somebody else behind this enigmatic thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there are actual versions of them that are actual creatures somewhere, mm-hmm. um, but I would like to see them again at some point. That would be cool because they were really dope looking. I totally agree with you. Okay, so if, if Mobius gets pruned, this is also the episode where – Loki gets pruned and, oh, yes. Oh, this is so good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Journey into Mystery is my favorite episode. This is number five because that's where you meet the other Lokis. Well, okay. You meet them in the – And credit scene for the fourth episode but the fifth episode is where you have classic loki and boastful loki and alligator loki and kid loki president loki they're just all in it and it makes me so happy i love it so much (laughs) like what a cool episode and what a cool way to like include all of these versions of characters that wouldn't necessarily fit like alligator loki only kind of works in this ridiculous setting you know (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Where there's a million different variants. What I appreciate is the fact that Marvel gives us these awesome costumes for these characters. But they also know that a lot of people know what these characters look like. And their comic books, you know. Mm-hmm. And the original versions of the Scarlet Witch costume and the Vision costume are their Halloween costumes in WandaVision. And classic Loki is what Loki used to look like. So the fact that we actually got to see that and he was a fucking badass. If they wasted him, I would have been pissed and they didn't because he was so incredible at the end when he was like he he made a freaking fake version of Asgard. On his own. Like yeah. at that point, you're just realizing how powerful these Lokis are, and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. There are Lokis that have tapped into their true potential, and then there are Lokis like the one that we've got that I don't think has even gotten close to what he's going to be able to do in the future.
1: Is this where we first see um, what is the big bad, the big uh, cloud? Eliath. Yes. What a cool name, too. I want to know if anyone else thought of James and the Giant Peach when they first saw that. Am I the only weirdo out there that was like, oh my god, it's the rhino. <laughs> I totally don't remember that that aspect
0: of James and the Giant Peach, but I gotta tell you, I probably haven't watched that movie in 20 years, so... I'm just a weirdo. No, you're not a weirdo at all. What did we watch recently that like it feels like the same thing? Uh, it feels like it's from Raya.
1: Oh yeah, the the, the purple, yeah... You it know. has a name. I can't think of it though. It's got two vowels in it. It's like the the brood or something or the fuck. Hang on, I have to look this up now. Hang on. Okay, we'll look it
0: up. That's fine. But in in Ryan the Last Dragon, there's this weird force that
1: eats shit or changes shit or whatever. We will talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, uh, because we both because watched it that is on our movie list. It's fucking dope. And the way that those purple things are animated are just amazing. This is the episode where I think.
0: Uh, They spent a lot of their budget, understandably so. Like some of the episodes you can be like, okay, this is a television show and maybe we need to save some of our money. And a lot of this is taking place indoors (laughs) conversation-wise. I appreciate that. Like I understand that this shit costs money. You can't have these huge set pieces in every single episode. But what I like about this show is that there was a a really nice balance of spectacle and – uh, quiet conversation, relationship mm-hmm. building, all of that. But this is the episode where the shit hits the fan and understandably. Yes, it is like, this is the big spectacle episode and this is totally my favorite episode. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's called journey into mystery. If I didn't say that. And did you ever find out what the, yeah, just, just waiting for you to finish. I'm one.
1: sorry. No, I just okay. like, I go nuts. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, you're excited. You're passionate. It's the Drun, Druun D R U U N. Uh that's the, that's the bad stuff in, in Raya. The Droon.
0: Gotcha. You did say two vows. Good job. Yeah. Droon seems a lot like Elioth. Which one of the Lokis
1: in this episode was your favorite? I I don't know. So it gets tough. I think I think I rated this overall like a three and a half stars or a three stars or something. Maybe this is jumping ahead. But I did. I really enjoyed this show. But I can say that at the tail end of it, things started getting a little bit too confusing and also a little bit too actiony. And that's the one thing that I can't really relate to when it comes to Marvel shows and movies and stuff. That's partly why I really don't care to finish uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just because it's It's a lot of action. And I think that very much played into this in the last few episodes, kind of where I checked out a little bit. Well, not in the last episode. There's like nothing happens in the last episode. It's just a big conversation. Not in the last episode, but at least maybe like the third and fourth. I don't know. I don't think we got enough of the Loki variants for me to say I liked one over another. I think I I have to say that it's like it's Sylvie and the Loki, like the main Loki. They're obviously my favorites you didn't love classic loki i did he i would say he's my next favorite but like kid loki and alligator loki there i i who are they i don't know i can't remember where boastful loki goes i know they all like
0: turn on each other there's a point when like president loki comes in and like all these different loki's that is one thing i wish we'd have gotten more of is president loki because i (laughs) love the way that he looks i just think that that's so cool it literally is the wallpaper on my computer Yeah, the one that I'm thinking is probably the most likely to continue. Kid Loki, I think, could stand to be in a Young Avengers or something like that. We're setting up a ton of Young Avengers characters like Mm. Wanda's kids and with the Hawkeye show, Kate Bishop's going to be on there. There's going to be a lot of kid versions of a lot of these characters and Kid Loki fits right in there. Okay, for all time, always is the sixth episode. And it's a big conversation between Sylvie, He Who Remains, and Loki. (laughs) Okay, first off, let's talk about He Who Remains. You don't know who He
1: Who Remains is, do you? I mean, I do vaguely now because I've seen the episode, but before this, no, I did not. Like, he has another name. No. no i don't know who he is (laughs) cool okay cool i won't say it then but this gentleman
0: has a lot more to do in the mcu that's all i'm saying i cannot imagine uh that he will not be utilized a whole whole lot going forward Uh, obviously Sylvie kills him and he she sets off like a huge line of variant he who remains uh that are going to come and be unleashed so that's something we can look forward to.
1: Clearly this whole episode and this whole show feeds right into the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Like that that was very clear in this that this was the the event that is going to set forth that that movie. What's so funny is because I thought, and I think a lot
0: of people thought, that WandaVision was going to wind up doing that, and it wound up being Loki that set up Multiverse of
1: Madness. But at the same time, with the end credit scene of the finale of WandaVision, I think we're not done with her yet either. She very much oh, has, God a, no. has, has a hand yeah. in this as well. So
0: I love the way that these Marvel TV shows are set up because... It's not like you're not good enough for the movies. You are getting relegated to television. It's like, no, you have too much of a story to tell (laughs) in one movie. So we're going to give you a series that gives you maybe like the time of two or three movies. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. probably just about two. But you're able to flesh your character out. And every single one of these people are coming back to the movies. Mm -hmm. Juan is going to be in more movies Uh, Obviously, Loki is. You'll definitely see more of He Who Remains. Like I said, there's going to be a Captain America 4, which I'm really stoked about. Like, this shit is on point. Marvel has killed these three seasons of television. I am stoked. Okay, let's go back, though. Talk about how you felt about He Who Remains.
1: I liked him. I thought he was a very unique and interesting character. I think he is something that we've really not seen from Marvel yet. Clearly he is way more important than he lets on and clearly we're not done with him, I guess. I don't know. I I you seem to have a lot more knowledge on this character than I do. I can't really say much past what I've seen. So the thing is is that like Yes, I do know who he is and it's cool that you don't like I if you guys
0: do not know who he who remains is, just wait. don't like look it up. don't like try to find out more stuff about him because the MCU will fill you in eventually and it I think it'll be really cool to like find out as it goes.
1: I'm wondering if if this guy is the next Thanos like is he gonna be the next big threat of this this next phase?
0: I don't know that for sure,
1: but I will tell
0: you that he is, in my knowledge of comic books,
1: just as big of a threat. As someone who's not a die-hard Marvel fan, I, I would say I'm a casual Marvel fan. But as someone who's not a die-hard Marvel fan, the way that they are able to, like with Thanos, it seemed like the stakes couldn't get higher. Yeah, it seemed like this was it. This is the fate of the actual universe of. ...of time and space itself is at risk here. Suddenly these Infinity Stones are paperweights now... ...and we've just set forth this brand new threat... ...that seems to have topped the last one a hundredfold. So Thanos seemed to be a threat to our universe...
0: ...whereas I think He Who Remains... ...and the variants that will come forward, as he said... uh, ...will be threats to not just our universe and not Uh, just this timeline i mean i think he made it very clear at the end that he's like you know he fixed it he was the nice one he's the nice (laughs) version of this character and that statue that we saw as the last shot of the episode i don't think that that guy is the nice one (laughs) you'll oh i'm so excited for all of the marvel content coming our way guys like (laughs) if they stay on schedule. We have two more TV shows, three more TV shows, because we have What If. What If comes on, like, in August. Uh, That's the cartoon show, Mm -hmm. which looks amazing. And then Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are supposed to come out this year. I doubt it, but, like, that's lined up. We have Shang-Chi comes out in September, then freaking Eternals in November, and then Spider-Man in December, Damn. They are making up for lost time, man. They are making up for lost time. It'll be five TV shows and four movies in one year. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> no, I six TV shows. Say, oh, yeah, yeah. Do I understand that? What? So I'm excited for What If? But I don't know if it's because it's animated or because there's sort of – it doesn't seem to be at least that there's going to be a running plot. With the whole season, it seems like it's going to be vignettes each episode. I think because we are opening
0: up the idea that there are multiple universes and multiple versions of different characters, there's no reason why this can't be canon. I'm not sure you know, how it works because it is animated. Uh, I do know that one of the through lines is that there is a character, I think his name, I could be wrong. I think his name is The Watcher, and he's the one that like tells these stories, and he's voiced by Jeffrey Wright. I don't know if every episode is a vignette, but it makes sense that there would be. Mm -hmm. I know that there's, you know, what if Peggy got the super soldier serum? What if T'Challa was the one that got picked up by, oh, fuck, what is his name? Who is the blue guy? Uh, Yondu? Yondu. God damn it. Yes. Why did
1: I know that and not you? I know. Holy shit. I (laughs) know.
0: Michael Rooker. I love him so much. He's such a great character. (laughs) Um, the Mary Poppins guy, right? Yeah, Mary Poppins, yeah. y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie oh, makes me cry. I love that movie so much. When they give him the Ravager funeral with like the the, fu- the um the fireworks at the end, we are so off topic. But <laughs> if you can't tell, I love this entire series. I love the television shows. I love the movies. I'm obsessed, and I appreciate you giving these shows a chance. Like I know you say, you know, you want to stay current, but I think you also understand that they're important to me. So you want to be able to
1: talk about them with me, and yeah, I very much appreciate that. You're um, welcome. Some notes <laughs> before we sign off, though. Some things I wanted to bring up. Uh, I do love. That Miss Minutes is voiced by Tara Strong. The fact yes. that I can say that Tara Strong is a part of the MCU is just I'm fanboying out. I love that so fucking much because I love her so fucking much. Yeah, I think it's She's fabulous. Incredible. And Miss Minutes as like a character. She I think she was just kind of fun and like a little a little like joke at the beginning. But she ended yeah. up being a character. Exactly. <laughs> towards the end, Which was awesome. Like the fact that she was stalling.
0: Yeah. Uh for Renslayer and then yep. th- when she pops up in the last episode <sighs> I was like, okay, we're probably done with Miss Minutes. She
1: was a jump scare. She's just
0: a minor character. Yes! She was a fucking jump
1: scare. (laughs) She has become
0: iconic (laughs) to the MCU now. I really, really hope that we see her again someday. Same, same. Obviously, the mid-credits scene for the last episode is just a stamp that says, Loki will return in season two, so even though we probably won't get – another WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier in their forms, we are straight up going to get a Loki season two, which makes me very happy because this was incredible for me. I've given them all five out of five stars, like on (laughs) Letterboxd. I I don't, like, honestly, there's just, there's so much good that, like, any problems that I have by the end of it, it's, it's like, I don't care. I love where the story's going. I love how beautiful and wonderful these shows have all
1: been. One final thing. Uh, I don't know if this is true. I also don't know if this was on purpose. Maybe it's just the way that Marvel like creates their TV show episodes, I guess. Maybe it just works out this way. But apparently, if you play the finale of Loki and the finale of WandaVision at the same time, the part where the Scarlet Witch is like really like summoning up her powers and really it's like the big finale where she's 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 going to do something big. It lines up with when he, who remains is sort of like stopping at his desk and he's like, Ooh, it's happening. Like, Oh, this is time. I forget what, what he actually says, but when he's like gearing up and he's like, Ooh, something's happening. And Ooh. That lines up together. I saw it on a TikTok. I, a, again, I don't know if it's true or B, I don't know if it's, that's a stretch to say that that was done on purpose, but uh, just something to think about.
0: Did you send me that TikTok? Probably, yeah. Okay. We send each other like a million TikToks and only watch them when we're together. Yeah. But I really want to see that. That sounds amazing. And, it, you know, even if it is just like a happy coincidence, I fucking love that. That's awesome. This show is bitching. You should totally watch it. You should also totally watch the other two series that. Marvel has created even if like the big superhero actioners aren't your thing these are the character studies the movies are the ones with the huge budgets and they can have giant set pieces and get you to go to the theater and that's great i love the movies i'll never not love these movies as well but i think that they can do something a lot more substantial here on disney plus and i'm so fucking Excited about that ditto